Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with one rental at a time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag one rental at a time. Now on with the show. All right. It is Friday. And as always, we do our Friday financial wrap up with Mr. Michael Zuber. How are you, Michael? I'm doing well, man. This uh, These Fridays are great. Always allows me to look back at the week. But uh, today's a special day. Today is uh, we get to celebrate something that you get 100% credit for initiating sparking uh this challenge right here all these cards we send out does not exist if ty and i don't talk on may 31st 2021 he challenged me he planted the seed sure i took action but he's the one who gets credit for creating this and we hit the goal we're now at, well shoot now we're at like 530 so time to pay up so purple hair i told people <laughs> i would do that and uh, right now we are collecting donations to send off a huge check uh, to the Fresno uh, Food Bank. Uh, I, this morning's daily financial news, I featured their address, name, all of that stuff. So I'm hoping, it looks like my initial goal tie was 10 grand, uh, of which Olivia and I would do five of that. Yep. Again, 10 bucks a card, right? That's the whole idea where five grand came from. It looks like we're going to get over 10 grand. We, we're going to be heading our way towards 15 grand. So Pretty, pretty cool. One rental at a time community. You rock. Squad up. You rock. Um, all of your stuff, Ty. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I love it, man. Purple hair, 500. So well done. I love it. And then obviously there's going to be another challenge. We'll announce something going forward for the remainder of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you've got some big goals, man. That's awesome. And, and also too, we will get the address for the food bank. So that'll be in um, our show notes or in the comments. If it's on Facebook, we'll put it there. And then in YouTube, right? You got it. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. I love it. So let's get into the financial news. Uh, Let's talk about inflation and CPI. What did you see this week? CPI came in hot, highest since 1982, uh, 7.9%. Just so everybody knows, I have once again broken down the math to correct it for rent. Uh, rent has been inappropriate. It's basically saying rent's only up three point or no four point three percent. It's actually up fourteen point nine. Long story short, I've corrected for the rent error, and CPI is actually eleven point two. Eleven point two. Wow, 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 wow. Mm-hmm. Well, we've been talking about this. Not we've been talking about this really the last I feel like six nine months that all of this was coming, and here it is. Yeah, we again. It's sometimes it's um, it's it's really interesting when you watch this for this long. You can make predictions, and then sometimes you make scary predictions, like we did. Uh, you know, inflation not being transitory, inflation being real, and and then it happens, and then you feel bad because you got it right. That's yeah. kind of where I'm at right now. I'm I'm on a really good run of calling the stuff that's happening, and um, it doesn't feel good. <laughs> it doesn't feel good to be this right. Yeah, well, we appreciate I got to say for the for the viewer for the listener, we appreciate you doing the work. And it's just 
at least we have some sense of anticipation mm -hmm. of what's coming and making personal adjustments, right? So making- Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you were if you were listening to me four or five months ago, Ty, I was pretty clear. It's time to get dead money, convert it to liquidity uh, or dry powder, whatever your analogy is. And again, I'm very clear, right? I, not only did I tell you to do it, I did it. Uh, and the reason that's important is- is uh, one of my listeners, uh, I think Jeffrey talks about, I think it's a Mark Twain quote, banks will give you the umbrella when it's sunny outside and they will take it away when it rains. Said another way, they will lend when you don't need it and when you need it, they won't lend. So once again, I went out and got money at ridiculously low rates and I'm comfortable sitting on it for a while. And I told everybody that's what we were doing. So yeah, it's, yeah. I not only do what I say or, I not only say, but I do what I say. So yeah, pretty cool. I love it. I love it. And the dry powder, it's interesting. Adrian and I are going to visit with the CEO who runs home services is a division of Berkshire, mm. Berkshire Hathaway. So I know like Berkshire, that's one of their big things. They always have dry powder. They always have cash mm -hmm. on the sidelines and people criticize them. But of course, they're one of the most successful companies in the last, I don't know, 100 years. Yeah, well, that's the problem. It's it's easy to poke at them when they're sitting on billions of dollars when time's good, when the sun is shining. But then you get Goldman Sachs, arguably the most important bank, got, get caught in a pinch, and you are able to extract excruciating interest and warrants because you can write that check. Warren Buffett's going to do it again. So rinse and repeat. Rinse and repeat. I love it. So let's talk about consumer confidence. What did you see this week? Oh, I was kind of hopeful this number wouldn't be this bad because you have to realize that the consumer is a fickle thing. They sometimes say one thing and then do another. Uh, but right now, the consumer confidence is falling. Uh, it's the lowest since 2012, I believe. And if you've been around for any length of time, you know that 2012 was kind of a sucky year. Yep. Right. We were at the bottom of this trough and it was just yucky. Uh, and we're there again. And the, unfortunately, buried inside this consumer sentiment are horrible expectations. One of the things that we can't have is inflation become something the consumer expects, because then they start changing behavior. And that's exactly what's happening now is consumer expect inflation. The, in the largest shocking number in consumer confidence ties, 54% of people expect their financial situation to be worse in a year. And um, man, that's not good. Very interesting. Very interesting. So um, let's talk about transitioning there, the Fed. The Fed's mm -hmm. meeting next week. What are your thoughts? What do you see happening? What can you anticipate? Yeah. So this is kind of where I've, I've got to go back and kind of give you two answers. I've been calling for six months now. The first rate move needs to be a half. And that is still true. It needs to be a half or 50 basis points. I suspect Powell is once again going to be weak. I think Powell will relent to Wall Street instead of Main Street, and he's only going to do a quarter. Hmm. If Powell comes out and does a quarter, that's a weak move, doesn't help anybody. If Powell shocks Wall Street and moves at a half, assets will repice, stocks will, will be hurt, but at least it will show Wall Street that the Fed is in charge, they are not, and maybe we have hopes of getting out of this sooner rather than later. If he relents and just does a quarter, yeah, Arthur Burns 2.0. Arthur Burns is the weak Fed, often called the worst Fed president ever. 
uh, because he initiated and created the inflation of the 70s. Arthur Burns did that. And Jerome Powell will have a decision on March the 16th. Is he Arthur Burns 2.0 or is he a mini Paul Volcker? We'll know in about uh, six days. So a half point versus a quarter point is what really kind of, that's going to be the defining moment. Correct. Okay. Very interesting. Well, we are all going to anticipate and be excited to see what happens happens next. Um, Let's talk about housing supply. And then also too, I think at the end, I've got a question for you, how we all tie it together with local housing markets, but let's talk about housing supply. And then you had an interesting stat Mm -hmm. or a piece of news from LA. Share that with us. Yeah. So one of the things I'm trying to tell folks is I'm calling for a housing slowdown, but it's after this last pop-off in owner occupants, right? Owner occupants who missed the low interest rates are racing off the sidelines. So some numbers that I shared this morning, um, 52% of homes that sold in the last month went over asking. That's a national number. Uh, when you look at homes that sold for 100K over list price, there were 5,897 homes across the country. The largest county is LA County. LA County had 718 homes close for $100,000 above list price. And just because I like year-on-year comparisons to see where we are to trend, last year this time, only 273 homes went for 100K over asking. So again, I believe this is the last rush. I believe this is the champagne cork popping off. uh, And ultimately, as rates go up, buyers will come down because of affordability and we can finally have a housing slowdown. Not a crash, but a housing slowdown. God, housing slowdown. So let's get into that. So let's talk about two things. So let's go a little deeper into the housing slowdown. Mm-hmm. And then even I want to go back to something I feel like we did six months ago where we took a look at the 1970s, 1980s. Mm-hmm. We really, I believe you broke down 50 years of- of research and market and appreciation and interest rates and looking at economic cycles. Mm-hmm. Where do you stand on that report? And then mm-hmm. how do you see this slowdown in terms of what you see happening next over the next three, six, nine months going into the end of the year? Yeah. So we'll do the slowdown first. It's kind of an easy answer. Basically what's going to happen is inventory is going to finally build in days on market will expand. I suspect days on market doubles in most markets and maybe triples in some. That may sound like a lot until you realize we have record low days on market. There's many days on markets that are 16, 17 days, where normally speaking, they're 50 to 60 days. I don't know that we get back to 50 or 60 days, but we certainly get north of 40 days, right? So that's what a housing slowdown is going to feel like. It's going to be a more of a balanced market instead of this, you know, tilted seller versus a buyer's market, right? Very much a seller's market. So that's what is coming. Uh, we still have to work through this last bunch of owner occupants racing off the sidelines. So we probably don't see the real inventory build till June, July, August uh, is my expectation. So that's that. Back to the 50 years. The 50 year spreadsheet is more and more valuable. Again, I give it away for free. It took more than a day of my life to build. Uh, and it's in the bonus section of my free course and my paid course. So again, it's so important. I put it in the free course. But basically what the 70s have proven and what I think we're going to see this decade is rising interest rates does not cause a housing crash. Lots of people like to tell you on YouTube, interest rates go up 1%, housing crashes 10%. It's just not true. First and foremost, housing is 
mortgages have already gone up 1% and housing is going up 16, 17, 18%. So recent evidence says that not true, but the seventies are even more telling because interest rates went up 300, 400, 500 basis points. And sure, real estate slowed on an appreciation scale. And in the eighties, when prices went up 800 basis points, transactions were cut in half, all true. But none of those years had negative housing growth, at wow. least on a nominal basis. They probably did inflation adjusted, but nominally speaking, uh, none of those years had a negative number. So all of these people causing a housing crash simply because of interest rates don't understand the importance of wages. And wages are the only reason, rising wages to be specific, are the only reason you can have higher rates with higher prices and you could still get deals done. So we are in a wage inflation cycle. Wages are up 5.1, 5.3% with what we have going on with oil and likely food. Wages could even see more increase. We saw times in the 70s where wages went up 8, 9, 10% in a year. Uh, and we might be heading back to that scenario as wage inflation just becomes a spiral and really causes a bigger problem. And we see inflation consistently over 10% because wages feed costs, costs feed price, price feeds inflation. It's just this nasty cycle we could be caught in. Very interesting. Very interesting. So let me dissect just a couple of pieces because that's a lot of information, I think, for you know most viewers, mm -hmm. most listeners. Really, with the housing slowdown and then all, obviously this turbulent shift that's going to happen potentially really there's opportunity for investors for the one rental at a time investor i mean really it's about being patient it's about mm -hmm. doing the work which we always talk about you've got the hat you've got the yeah. right you've coined it doing the work right for the one rental at a time investor doing the work really the opportunities are really about to increase and keep your powder dry. You said that early in the beginning mm -hmm. and be patient, do the work, know the difference between an average deal and a great deal. Perfect. Because opportunities are coming. Is that accurate? Oh, absolutely. Again, I've been doing this for 20 plus years. I have the unfair advantage of being through multiple recessions and bad times. What will happen and they will happen again. And then they'll happen again. And then they will happen again. Is recessions are where opportunities are made. Uh, it's where you can do the most creative financing. It is where you can find the truly motivated seller. Uh, what has been the hardest thing to find the last two years? A motivated seller. Unless you were doing direct mail and got off market, motivated sellers did not exist in the MLS. Didn't exist. If it got to the MLS, it wasn't a motivated seller. What will happen in the cycle that I see coming is some motivated sellers will end up there. Life happens and sometimes you need to sell. And uh, yeah, so I think, I think opportunities are coming for the people that are prepared, the people that have a buy box that look at their daily disciplines, you will find uh, great deals. Right after the, because again, right now the market is so crazy, right? What was that? 718 homes went for over a hundred. That's all owner occupants doing dumb stuff. They, they will have buyer's remorse. Let that blow off. Let the champagne pop. Once all the fuzz comes out, it's going to get interesting for the investors, but only the investors that do the work. If you're sitting on the sidelines, hearing this talk and think you have permission to do nothing, you're not listening. You must do the work. You can't learn a market in a day. 
a week or a month. It takes months to learn a market, to learn your buy box, to learn average. And it's only the people that are prepared that will take action with confidence and get the great deal. So I'm excited to be bringing you stuff every day. I'm excited for our weekly conversations. Hey, ho, let's go. Hey, ho, let's go. I love it. So thank you, Michael. I just want to remind the viewers, the books, One Rental at a Time and Conversations with Real Estate Millionaires. You can find these on Amazon. If you have them, please give this man a five-star review on Amazon. Also, Michael, you mentioned the free course and then also your paid course. Mm -hmm. I'm a member of your paid course. Tremendous value. Everything you do, tremendous value. Tell them where can they go find the actual free course and the paid course. Yep. So the uh, you can go to my website, onerentalatatime.com. It's on that page. If you're on my YouTube channel, you just go in the show notes. There's a link to the course there. I love it. Michael, thank you for all that you do. Have a great weekend. You too, bud. Take care.